Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where sometimes we go into the 80s year by year and learn about pop culture, and then sometimes we just talk about video games. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. So Where's the oversight? The, <laughs> last week's episode about Gloomhaven made me kind of put this episode together. And when I say put this episode together, I mean no planning whatsoever. The idea was there. But I realized that you and I are into video games, but you prefer PC while I prefer a console. And then... Star-crossed lovers. Yeah. Uh, star... Where is it? World of Warcraft Star Warcraft lovers? I don't know. Star Warcraft Star Warcraft crossed lovers. Starcraft Starcraft crossed lovers. There you yes, go. There you go. We got there. And yeah, so I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit uh, about our history with video games, and uh, potentially, you know, see where that leads. Basically, I will tell you this: my history of video games started in the mid '80s with the first Nintendo. Right. We might have been poor, but my mom, I think, understood like this is how you keep a preteen boys busy by giving them a video game console and putting them in front of the the TV. I think that's the reason why we had an NES back in the mid to late 80s. I like that your mom independently figured out the thing that government's known all along. She just from her own angle. How do we how do we pacify the populace? I uh, <laughs> put him in front of his screen. I was I was watching the I was watching the because you know I get my news from the Daily Show, Colbert, the Closer Look, and they were talking about how Xbox is going into a they'll be making a change the to the console by adding power like a, management. Yeah, the power management. And mm-hmm. that was Which like is something PlayStation already has, by the way. Oh really? Yeah, it's a thing that exists already on their competitor. So this is not like new. Oh, because um, the news were talking about it. And obviously the news that I don't listen to because I, I get, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were saying, oh, this is how we're going to indoctrinate children to start, uh, you know, to start early for uh, putting the global warming, um, you know, mentality into their heads. And I was like, that's yeah. that's a reach, man. <laughs> that is a stretch. A, I, a I saw them saying... Uh, you know, when kids sit down, they just want to play games. They don't want to get political <laughs> messaging. It's like, how is that? Like, and again, the the, point, the the context being that, like, your PlayStation already has that. It's an optional setting. My computer, computers have those settings, the power saving versus performance. It's, it's you know, it's a normal thing for electronics. Everything with the friggin' Energy Star sticker. And I was going to say, has some kind of- like, sometimes with, with, with my PlayStation, when I want to charge the uh, controller connected to the PlayStation, there is an option where the PlayStation's not on, but it still charges your phone. I mean, your your controller. So I was like, that's a mm-hmm. good thing, isn't it? That, you know, that I'm not ruining the PlayStation by having it on all the time. Well, that and you think that people just in general who have to pay for power, you know, regardless of how much it ends up being like, you know, passive power, like when, when you do like an energy audit on your house to see if you can save money, the stuff that, you know, the smart tech that does that all like checks, like what's constantly running and see and they see if they can't get you those smart plugs that'll either turn off on a timer ah. or that you can manually disable 
So, so wait, like it's just you know some things do sit there and passively draw power if you don't you know manage them. So wait, not everybody pays uh, seven to twenty dollars a month on electricity like I do. No, no, uh, uh, we we don't we don't operate on the monopoly money system here, mm. Mm. which is to our detriment. And let's be honest. So you don't have two dollar coins that are just normal with with. A- oh man, I wish that'd be dope. We have we have one dollar, well one euro and two euro coins, and then the fiver. That, nice. Those are the ones that I, I although in the last two weekends I used more cash than I have in the last three years. I did a little bit of traveling, and um, certain places that I stopped to get certain items in my trip, I was like, yeah, I'm not swiping my card. <laughs> I'm just gonna. No, that's fair. That's that's a legitimate concern. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, I, I have yet to find. Have you seen those videos where they like someone like tugs on the like the oh, card the, swipe thing? Yeah, There's like no. a clone of the thing over it that just scans your card. I've yet to find one, but when I'm in strange spaces, I will tug on the, you know, and kind of pick <laughs> at the edges of like a card thing, like on a random gas station in the middle of, of you know, BFE. And I'll I'll check that. I haven't gotten one yet, but like if you see me doing that, that's what I'm doing. I, I'm gonna guess North Vegas, most of Miami. <laughs> And South LA are the only places where I would be. Uh, yeah, I'd be cautious. And and Miami like stole my identity three times at least in five years. So a lot of places between uh, uh, Vegas and Southern California that I'm traveling are also on that list. You know, you go through like Bakersfield or something. You're like, nah, I don't trust these people. Yeah, ba- yeah. well, no, it's not Victorville, Vic- shady. Victorville, Barstow. Uh, Asperia. Baker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, Baker, definitely. That I don't know how that yeah. town exists or that strip. There's got to be, there's got to be like just something happened in the past that was important. And then like it's just legacy people like that just couldn't get out but or I, just didn't have the will to I leave. I see young people working at the, at the convenience store, like the uh, gas stations. The- Those people have kids. The people that started there have kids. <laughs> I actually didn't think about that. I was thinking, man, these guys commute for an hour to go to a baker. <laughs> yeah, no, it's weird. Uh, it's funny. Like every time, where was I? I was in Wyoming somewhere when I was driving one time. And there was this gas station that was like out in the middle of nowhere. And that's what I was thinking. Like that's why as soon as I got back in the car, I was asking, uh, uh, I was talking to my friend who I was with and I was like, where the fuck? Because she was young. You know, she was, I was like, she doesn't live here. <laughs> like there's no houses. Like, where the fuck did she come from? Like, how did she get... Like, does she drive out here to work at this gas station? What does this gas station pay? So, <laughs> like, I, a ton of people have to stop here because it's the only one for miles. I used to see that a lot in the South, but I was like, oh, it's the South. Uh, you know, you're just going to have this random truck stop and there's going to be young people working at it. Yeah, infrastructure. Yeah, you know, uh, but I never considered it on the West Coast. So that's why, like, Baker baffles me. Like, what... What's prompted? It also doesn't seem like you have to like, like they have the places that, you know, you like I have places that I typically stop on the way. But then you see places where you're like, I wouldn't get off on that exit. Like, why is it? Why are all these trailers here? There is that one truck stop where you're, where, where there's the shell sign. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'd rather run out of gas like this is. <laughs> and you know what's funny? When yeah. I was when I was a, yeah, this place. when I was a truck driver, there was one truck stop, dude, on the 40. That every, I mean, I would say nine out of ten times, every time I put gas there, within a day, I had to change the the um, the filter because it just 
just oh, there's like shitty gas. Yeah, cheap shitty gas. That was a problem. And and I I it's just for some reason it was like a a flip of the coin. Like, am I stopping here today? Flip. Am I getting? Uh, am I going to have to change my filter like tomorrow? Flip. Oof. You know, it was one of those. But anyway, anyway, back to video games, Gabe. So, tell me why you choose PC over over console. By the way. So a lot of that was just accessibility, and then once again you get into a habit, and that's what you have. So my earliest memory of gaming is on, I mean, it's effectively a home computer, a Commodore 64. Not that anyone would use that for much else, because, like, I guess there were, like, probably old, very old-style word, uh, kind of word processing you could do. But you wouldn't be doing that to be professional. You'd be doing that to show that you had access to a word processor, because it really was not more efficient or effective. Because you had to use one of those dot matrix printers, you know, the ones that make the really unique noise. Also, the ones that have just a really long paper that you'd have to... They have... They have the paper with like the two like tear off tabs yes. on the side because that's how they were fed. And I then it does like, wah, 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 wah. like when it's printing, like it's very noisy. So it wasn't an efficient thing. You were just like if you showed up like to school and had done printed out your work, I think I, I think it was just a flex. <laughs> okay. At that point, I think that's what was happening. So on a Commodore 64, my dad had one that he kept in his office. And again, going back to being a little kid with little kid memories. His office was a place that had all the cool shit and you weren't allowed to go. Like, if he was out, you couldn't go in his office. He had his own TV in there. He had the Commodore 64 set up so he could play video games while watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) He had all his stuff. (laughs) And if you were lucky, he'd let you in there for a bit. Uh, But then, I don't know, I think he might have picked it up at like a a garage sale or something. He got another one for the the living room, a Commodore 64. Now, question here, though. This is mid-90s, right? This is like, yeah, early to mid-90s, like 93, 92. So he's rocking a Commodore 64 in 92, 93, by which point, I mean, Nintendo has been out. Atari. So it has. And my entire life, I wanted consoles as a kid. My cousins had it. Our friends had it. Like, you know, again, from a kid's perspective, you remember, like, we're going to go over to so-and-so's house. And what happens in my head is like, oh, we're going to play some Mario. Like, we're going to play Nintendo, which, of course, for me meant playing Luigi because my brother was always player one. But Tales for life, right? We just we, we just didn't have access. So fast forward to, like, later 90s. I, it, it, was, it was before the year 2000. Like, my brother, very technologically inclined... We lived with my grandparents at this point. And my grandpa was one of those people that just, like, had the newest technology because he could. Yeah, I remember. I like um, So, like, when uh, when tape drives were a thing, like, like a better means of storage than, like... Because writing CDs initially was, like, kind of slow and clunky. And if you needed to write a lot of data, I think it wasn't the ideal. So, like, my grandpa had that intermediate, uh, like, intermediary technology of having, like, a tape drive, which was, like, faster write, compact... Um, and it was good for like data storage because like my grandpa did that whole thing where he backed, he like had a bunch of stuff, backed it all up, moved it around, had a new computer, transferred it over. Like, you know, again, his office was the cool place to be mm-hmm. because he had a computer set up in there along with his recliner and his TV. He had a bad back. So he usually slept in his recliner. So if you got to hang out in grandpa's office, you got to play on the computer and play math blaster or something. Or got to watch baseball with him. So that was a fun room. But my brother wanted to build a, a computer. Um, 
but me, I, I had no, you know, no dog. I just wanted to play games, so I was on board. But my brother, I don't even know. Like, I, I actually should ask him at some point, like, where the decision process happened, like how he got my mom on board or what he did. Because, again, I was more of a passenger at this point. And my brother got her to take us to Fry's Electronics, and he picked out, he built the computer. Like oh, he wow. He put together our first and this is late family 90s? computer. Yeah, so, like, I would be, how old would I be? I'm, I'm approaching, like, I'm, like, around 10 or something. So he's, like, 13, 12, somewhere in there. And he puts together the computer. And at that time, you needed a sound card mm-hmm. because it wasn't native. You know, you could get beeps and boops, but you weren't getting real sound. And they would do things where they would bundle games with sound cards. Oh. And I feel like we kind of picked the sound card we wanted based on the one that gave us the most games. <laughs> because that was sort of a cheat around trying to get games after the fact. So the games we got with it were Thief 2, Unreal Tournament, which turned oh, out to be wow. one of the biggest intros for us. Um, MDK 2. Wow. And yeah, another another like classic that I love to this day. And I can't remember what the fourth one was at this point, but I think those like those three were like the big games that we ended up playing. And then, you know, from there, we just grew the collection. Right. Uh, And would just continue to build on on the fact that we now had access to a computer. Never changed the fact that I wanted a console all the time, but through a combination of living arrangements, because like at various points, when we first moved in with my grandparents, we like lived out of a bedroom. And so there wasn't like a TV in there. We didn't have our own space, really. So you kind of couldn't. And then when we got into the casita out back and had a little more room, you still kind of had a shitty TV. At least you had a computer and desk. That's when we got to build the computer. But not really a good place. And the initial capital for something that only did games. That's why I think I want to know. Because the PC, I think the argument was it was going to be good for school. It was going to help us with. Because we were homeschooled. So, like, you know, having that. It was a legitimate argument, but it wasn't a completely entirely honest argument. Um, it did help, but it also meant that when my mom would go to work nights a lot, we would just stay up. Like we would go to bed because <laughs> she'd be going to work like maybe 11 p.m. She was like it was 11 to 7 or whatever. It was an overnight graveyard shift. And then as soon as she was gone, we were up playing on real tournament until <laughs> until it was like, you know, four or five in the morning. We're like, OK, we got to go to bed because she's going to be coming home. But that was a very <laughs> frequent occurrence. Oh man. So cuz cuz I'm doing the timeline, right? So Super Nintendo comes out in like 92, 93. Then you have the the yeah. 64, then you have the GameCube. All these and then you have PlayStation 1 and PlayStation, PlayStation. 2, Sega, Sega Genesis, Sega Genesis, the Sega Dreamcast. All these consoles are happening. Oh, TurboGrafx 16, if I recall. <laughs> All these are happening during that time and you guys are like, "Man, we need to get our we can only get our hands on a computer." Oh, that's all we could like ever really get. Again, like single parent uh, household income is always a thing. Nobody could really justify the pure entertainment purpose. And again, all my exposure, like, trust me, I played a lot. Like, I, I, I remember playing Twisted Metal was a, a, a favorite. Oh, that was a good one. On PlayStation at a friend's house. Like, we had friends that we, we hung out with a lot um, at various times. And everybody else had game systems. So... That was our exposure. And again, it never stopped us from like being like, boy, that would be cool. I remember we actually, the only game system we ever owned as a kid, it didn't work. Somebody gave my mom like an Atari like 2000 or something. Mm. And we had this like, and it's the one with like the wood, the faux wood paneling yeah, on it. Yeah. 
and like it didn't work and like nobody knew how to like make it work and then it sort of just collected dust in a corner somewhere and i never know i don't know whatever ended up happening to that because you know it probably would be a cool thing to have now but we had a we had an atari like way after like that was like like we had that like in again the late 90s it was way out of date and didn't work but okay yeah, yeah so no, we we played we played all that so at friends house Go, a golden eye on n64 64 yeah so for f- many long nights at for me though, like I said, my mom was r- really good. I think again, I think it was like, how do you keep three boys a busy? Like, it was how to do it? Plus, and keep you. Not, not only that, in but, house. but like, um, you know, my mom would leave for work like at five in the morning, you know, and um, she'd come home at five thirty, hang out, and then go to her second job or her third job. So it was like, it was a way to to kind of like you know keep us busy and and not not um destroying the house or 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 i don't know i don't know um but yeah but she was she was very she was she was i remember that i remember that super nintendo came out and she eventually got us that i think for the nintendo 64 or the gamecube my brother was already working because he's um my older brother's like seven years older than me so he would have been he would have been working when that came out and potentially that might have been how we got that one but um, but we were one of those um, Nintendo families. Like every, we never we never phased over to to um, to Xbox. We never phased over to PlayStation, Sega Dreamcast, Turbo Graphics sixteen. None of those ever hit our house. A house like I owned the Sega Dreamcast in my twenties. You know, like I had that, and my first PlayStation was a PlayStation three in my thirties. You know, because what ended up happening was. There was a moment of realization. I think the Nintendo Switch was where I stopped with. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. The Nintendo. Yeah, no, the Nintendo Switch. The Nintendo the Wii. Wii. The Wii is, is the last one, and that was like late 20s because I remember having a Wii in Miami in my late 20s, right before transitioning over to PlayStation. What ended up happening was I made, and I don't know why it took me so long, but I made the realization that Nintendo made fun games, but not violent games. And like, and I think they tried Medal of Honor in the beginning. You could do Medal of Honor in the Nintendo. They did. Wii. They have some interesting crossovers. Like yeah. uh, on Switch, you can play a few things. Like you can play Skyrim. Okay. On Switch. Um, but you see, Skyrim. Play... I think Skyrim is reminiscent of like Zelda because it's kind of like an open, you know, open world. Yeah, like it's not adventure. as graphically. Yeah, yeah, it isn't like you know, shoot 'em up like like Battlefield yeah, or yeah, Medal yeah. of Honor or Call of Duty. The crossover is very limited. Yeah, so I think that was a realization for me where I was like, oh, no, I still appreciate the Wii. But I was like, but I'm looking for... And I think Battlefield was a turning point. I think Battlefield 3, um, that was like... That was a game changer. I was like, oh, this is what I like. Because if you think about it, the first Nintendo games, right? Like I, I, like, I remember like Russian Attack and like Ikari Warriors and uh contra you know like those were their versions but they never took it to the next level technically right they never went yeah they never went because imagine contra dude with the graphics we have now that'd be insane like up to a point i actually like um while i was doing a bunch of the my extracurricular work this past month i actually listened to a documentary about uh, uh super nintendo oh okay and like the the difference in like you know because of course it's nintendo japanese company so they they had it way early and it was their marketing and it talked about how their market share at the time in america was like 
like 85 percent jesus with the with the nes with the original one like sega was coming out trying to like you know, and then you had this graphics war, and they talked about the graphics war in a 16-bit system, and Sega beat him <laughs> to the punch in America. And Sega was, like, dogging on him in, like, the advertisements because the Super Nintendo came out, but they didn't want to release it in America yet because they were still about to release Super Mario Brothers 3, and with the Super Nintendo, they, they had released Mario World, which was effectively the fourth yeah. game. And, like, they didn't want to... They didn't want to conflict with themselves, so they were waiting. And so Sega just like that's how they crept in and got a little more of the market, is because they they released the 16-bit system and said we got the best system out here. And you know, it, and was, that, it was very interesting. And that's funny because I remember the short-lived Turbo Graphics 16. That was literally the name of the yeah. console, and it had. Mm-hmm. I remember well, when you said that. I thought I I know what they were doing. Yeah, and I was like, when you so when you said that right now, I was like, oh, okay. So they were just like, let's get in there. They just couldn't keep it going with their games. They just, they lacked. Yeah. Their games were very cartoonish. I remember like Bonk's Adventure, you know, like like that big ca- the caveman kid with the enormous head that would like break things. Um, You know, so like I, I remember that. But so when you said that, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That was the big thing that Sega had too, is they had a, a flagship character that they could put head to head with Mario. Yeah. They had Sonic to Yeah, the the only thing that, that Sega never did well, unfortunately, was um what what uh what Nintendo this was like the Nintendo had a shitload of shitty games, but they also had a really, oh. really good like solid stable. Yeah, of like, you know, like when you think about when you think about Nintendo, do you think yeah, you think Mario you think Zelda, you think Metroid, like you have Metroid, a list yep. of games that you think of. When you think Zelda, you think Sonic? That were like iterated to like perfection. Exactly. They only got better with it. Except for Zelda 2, A Link to the Past, I think it was called. When they went side-scroller on that one, oh, it was horrible. It was the worst mistake they could have made. Because you could forgive, you could forgive the original <laughs> Zelda for how it looked. But when they tried going side-scroller, right. and I think it was because of the success of Metroid, you're like, yeah, no, that's not gonna work, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they. Uh, I uh, in in part, like, I actually listened to several. I got fell down a Nintendo rabbit hole. I listened to one about the Super Nintendo. I listened to the whole like history of the Zelda franchise. Nice. I listened to one about Metroid as well. Another one about the Metroid franchise. Because again, that's something that I had exposure to, and I played individual games of, but I didn't get to follow it. Like, it wasn't, you know, I've. Uh, been a uh, a witness or a sort of a bystander for a lot of you know these big gaming franchises that were console specific where i may have been exposed to them like uh, metal gear is a big one metal gear is exactly the type of game that i would have been into in that time of my life i mean i still would but at the time that that was the peak of that graphics and that gameplay like i would have liked that stuff but like i didn't have it was console it wasn't on pc so you couldn't play it Wow. Okay, because I remember, I remember Metal Gear. Man, what system was it? I don't even remember. It was PlayStation, wasn't it? No, but I thought there was a. But which one? Or yeah, yeah. I think maybe that's what I'm thinking. Um, but no, but uh, yeah. I think the only other one from Nintendo. Yeah, like I said, like when you when I think Nintendo, dude, I really do think more franchises that were developed than the other ones. I think those. Those flags. They had a they yeah, had a, like, a more mature like yeah because yeah. they like like storytelling wise too because they had like Castlevania right I mean that one was 
just phenomenal. Mega Man. Mega Man was one of the most fun. Mega Man 2. Okay, let's be specific. Mega Man 2, one of the greatest video games ever made. Just phenomenal gameplay. But yeah, I think of these franchises and I'm like, Nintendo really, really understood like that you weren't just making a game. Okay, I'll say this. 75% of the time they were making games, like quality games, and 25% of the time they were meeting the market, right? There was no reason to have... There was no reason to have a a. Um, I was just looking at at this um, like a Mission Impossible game, you know, like, but it made sense because of the movie, right, or or the TV show at the time. Yeah, like they did they did do that where they made a game to match the the television show or the movie, and you're like, okay, those are the one offs that we all forgive and forget. I remember there being specifically a Top Gun Nintendo game. Oh my god, that game made I, no I liked sense. I it. That was a good. It made no sense, fun. Gabe. <laughs> but it was fun as a kid who who was interested in all these things. It was fun. But there was you're um, right. There was Metal Gear Solid, the original PS One in '94. Uh, it looks like this is saying '94. Holy cow! There was, or no? Is that the score? That's a score. Hang on, let's get the actual. No, so the release is ninety eight. Okay, that makes more sense. I was like, that would have been. There it is. I was like, why? Yeah. So the original one was PlayStation One. I wonder. I don't know enough to know if that's really a, a, was a flagship thing, but the PlayStation One was the first one. It came to PC in twenty fifteen. <laughs> it got ported, oh, so wow. it's available now. But it took a it took a minute. <laughs> so what what am I thinking about when I think of Metal Gear? Because I feel like I it, mean, if you're thinking crazy story and ridiculous mechanics and circumstances, you're a hundred percent right. Okay, no, no, no. There was an. In, oh, hang on. Okay, we're gonna have to do. The there was one that's real old, right? Yeah, Met, Metal Gear. I think that was the name of it. Yeah, look, Metal Gear is a is a stealth game developed by Konami and released in 1987 for the MXX2 computer. The game was one of the first stealth games and was developed by Hideo Kojima. Uh, yeah, the game the was legend. the first game in the Metal Gear uh, franchise, although in chrono chronological order, the first Metal Gear game is Snake Eater. The The game was also released a little later for the NES. Okay, so I'm not crazy. There you go. I'm not crazy. They did was have... the next one. Was the next one that had like actual graphics? Was that PS1? Uh, let's see here. The wiki doesn't even list. So why. let's look at the okay release dates. So 1987, the original, the original original was 1987 in that MXX2 in Japan and Europe. <laughs> that nobody heard of. In 87, they released it in Famicom, which is the Japanese uh, Nintendo. NES. In yep. 88, in NES in North America. In 1990, IBM. 1990, Commodore 64. Could have had it. And yeah. then in 2004, they brought it back to GameCube. Um, okay, for that particular edition. Yeah, yeah. On so, this list, the first one they list is Metal Gear Solid for PS One. I I wonder if that's like the second, the second iteration then. Yeah, because I think this is specific. Why is this so specific to Nintendo? Though? Yeah, it's weird. Metal Gear franchise. Yeah. List of Metal Gear media. This will have everything, which will be ridiculous. Okay, here we go. Uh, Metal Gear nineteen eighty seven. Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Two Solid. Metal Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake was 1990 MSX2 Japan only. Oh, so they did that that one. Okay. 
Yeah, wait, so it now, came out on a mobile phone in 2004, and in Wii in 2010. So now this one only shows you the PlayStation versions. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the one I was looking at. Oh, look. Maybe. Uh, here we go. 1987 Metal Gear. It does. 1990 Snakes yeah, so, Revenge uh, NES. It looks like MSX2 is its own little uh, uh, timeline yeah. or like branch of games. And then you get to the Solid series, which does start with that PlayStation game okay, in this is, this is This seems that's to why. be spinoffs. Um, yeah. So okay. Ga- game Boy Color had one. And then the PlayStation Portable had its own Metal Gear Asset, uh, as well as... Uh, Ops Plus. It's also hard because a lot of these things are exclusive Japan releases. Yeah. So realistically, most people didn't have a chance to play it in America, <laughs> like unless you had the fa- the money to import the. Yeah, no, the so that's what I'm saying. Gear. I remember playing Metal Gear, and I, that's what it was, Metal Gear, like the original yeah, yeah, one yeah. in Nintendo. I remember playing it in Nintendo and Snake and Snake's Revenge. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad we clear that up. <laughs> that rabbit hole i mean it's it's pretty classic of hideo kojima to have like a twisted timeline on top of everything else it's just peak peak hideo but yeah like so we're in the 2000s right in the 2000s again i'm still nintendo still haven't touched any other systems you're hard in on computer at this point right i mean yeah like i mean we've continued to to iterate so then the next change for me the next update is i think it's like 2000 when did we move? You get into the 2000s, and once we move to our own house, now there's space, and I get my own computer. Oh, okay. Is the next iteration. Is then my brother helps me to build my own computer. So he gets a, a – well, I think the first thing that happened was he built a new computer that he got, and then I got the other one. But ultimately, I also end up upgrading and building a computer. So then in our room, <laughs> there's two computers. <laughs> there's two desktop computers because we each have one. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and uh, the the age of the land party is upon us because we have a friend who comes over. We literally oh, bought my that's buddy early two thousands, right? A carry harness, yeah, for his tower because he would come over. We had extra <laughs> monitors and keyboards and, and stuff, <laughs> but he needed to bring his tower. So we brought we bought him for Christmas one time or or something like that a carry harness that he put around his computer so that he could Jesus. easily put it in his car, come over. Because, of course, the internet wasn't, you know, right, right. especially where we were. Their infrastructure was not there to support, you know, connectivity. Okay. So so then so then once you... But, to be fair, he had a bunch of game systems. So when we would go over to his house, he had GameCube, PlayStation. I think he also had Xbox. Like, their family, they had a bunch of kids. Like, you know, there was multiple consoles in the house. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say... Uh, representing everybody. I was going to say, I, I've always had a tr- I, I've always had trouble with somebody who has multiple game consoles because I'm all like, you're not... Like, you're no overdoing it. You're, you're overdoing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're being greedy. That's all I'm saying. There was a bunch of kids. It was, it was the real reason. Because then okay. one person could be in one part of the house doing one and one person so you're, doing the other. So you've got your own computer. What is it that you're playing at that time? So... I I remember my introduction. So speaking of stealth games, rolling back to when we had those uh, games that came with the sound card. So Thief, I loved the aesthetics of because Thief is like this, you know, weird like medieval but like steampunk esque. Like there's gears and me- mechanics and machines and like the story is, that, is like a mix of both magic and technology. Is that an early game Assassin's Creed or what? I mean, it it, it was more stealth and less like the the goal of the game really was just not ever be seen or caught you know okay you could fight like you had like when you you actually got to gear out his name was garrett 
and he was part of the Thieves Guild. And in uh, in the second iteration of the game, which is what came with that, I don't know if I ever went back and played Thief One. You could like pick your loadout when you went, and he had like a bunch of trick arrows, like water arrows to put out torches, vine arrows to like you know shoot in a beam and climb up. Um, and your goal, for the most part, on on a normal mission, was to steal a x amount worth of stuff and occasionally a specific item, and then get out. All I wanted to do was go sword fight the guards, because, you know, you could, and it's not what he was built for. <laughs> so my my taste at the time was not stealth. So I started to uh, gravitate towards either FPS, like I played Counter-Strike, or I got into like like role-playing games that uh, gave you... Uh, like Morrowind, I remember Morrowind was a big deal mm. because you could play however you wanted, right? If you wanted to be stealthy, you could, or if you wanted to just throw on the heaviest armor, as I did, and run around and smack people, that was your that was your option. Yeah, no, like I, in the consoles, I never veered into that stuff. Like I never did Final Fantasy, never did those types of games. That's a I, franchise I also watched pass by on consoles. You know, like I was always, yeah, I was always very much, you know, what's the latest Mario? I um, definitely was a fan of baseball games since Bases Loaded, mm. dude, from the very first Nintendo. I think Bases Loaded is still one of the funnest games I've ever played. Um, most fun pl- game I've ever played. And then I'm trying. There were to... baseball games on the on the Commodore 64 that I still remember. Oh, playing. really? Like there was games where you would like. I mean, the graphics, of course, were ridiculous. There I mean, were these, yeah. you know, however many bits. But like, you would actually like, you know, you actually had to play. If you were at bat, you had to like hit the ball correctly and then run and direct your guy how to run. Mm. And if you were in the field, you had to try to get in place to catch it. It was, I, I fondly remember that. And those are like ridiculous games at this point. Yeah. Th- I'm telling you when I, yeah. Cause I, I remember, I remember more games from Nintendo and super Nintendo than I do from like 64, except like 64 and, and like GameCube, you know, like the big ones, right? The Mario Kart. Well, There's specific titles that stick yeah, out. Well, yeah. Actually Mario Kart was Star super Fox. Nintendo. Yeah, Star Fox. You remember those, you know, like, and and every because because of the flagship of Mario, every system always rolled out with a Mario game, and that Mario game was the teaser trailer preview for what else there. So whatever that game looked like, and that's the other thing they did really well that they always like they always launched the game and implement the game with with that one flagship. Like this is what this system is capable of and when you've played every iteration leading to it you're like oh my god i can do a 360 around mario and he's got a block head but you know what though i can see all around him you know like that was like okay now they're like oh i can see the potential everything they could do with this you know it was crazy to hear like the developers talking about the change from nes to super nintendo and how having 16-bit system allowed them to do so much more because it's funny because to the average person it doesn't look incredibly different right right like they play very similar you know the colors and stuff are better and the sounds better but like to hear the people that had to do the stuff to put it together and like the options it gave them like they used to for nes they used to draw the maps on graph paper and somebody would a coder would then translate that into (laughs) what was made I'm not kidding. They designed it all on graph paper. The actual game designers were drawing this stuff, and then they'd have coders that specifically put it in. Super Nintendo allowed them to do it in-game and make changes on the fly. Oh, And wow. was just like such a big step up for development. 
which is like you sit there and you think they had to draw these things for the first they were literally just drawing on paper to, to design this <laughs> that's insane dude that's amazing <laughs> it's incredible and now you have video games that look real right like that that and you they release the developer tools like some games their whole point like roblox or whatever is to, to release basically a developer kit to allow people to make games within the game you know that's insane yeah no so yeah. so let's uh with the minutes we have left let's talk about what what work because you still don't own a console or do you i don't i uh i <laughs> You know, it's funny too because my on my list, the first console I plan to get. I mean, we'll see when with how kings keep iterating and changing. Is like I'm sitting there going, like, hmm, they come out with that OLED switch. You know, <laughs> I could get a switch, and it's exactly what you said is the reason, right? I can play all of the the violent and mature games I want on my computer right now, basically, and we're getting better crossover. Spider Man finally came to PC, mm -hmm. thank God. I played Red Dead Redemption Two, loved it, put right. like 250 hours into that game. Um, but Nintendo still is the king of party games and like social games and just casual fun. Like for, if my, uh, niece and nephews come over, if friends come over and you just want to like ha have a beer and play, you know, uh, Mario party or, or, uh, Mario Kart, you know, they're still the best go-to for that type of game. That's the game to have sitting in your living room for when people come over. That's a, that's a really good point. I so but but as of right now though, right? Still just PC, right? No, you just nope, keep, you just, just, just PC. keep upgrading your PC. Okay. Yeah. I um, I had more time before, and and I still have not upgraded my PS4, right? But I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting because I'm like, I kind of like you. I'm like, what is it that I want from gaming going forward? Because like. I did Red Dead Redemption 2, and, and I think you said something very specific. Like, when I played that game, dude, I needed to make sure I had a two- to three-hour block because you can't just do a 20-minute game. You can't do none of that. Uh, you have to commit to, like, I am playing this game for a while. It's almost like like Gloomhaven. Like, you're like, no, no, this is like an event. We have to schedule it. We have to block <laughs> off. Like, it is not like... <laughs> this is a commitment. This is a commitment. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's the, yeah, you're right. So I think going forward, I have to think about that. I'm like, what is it that I'm trying to do? Cause even when I did, like when I, when I do battlefield and when I do like those give me that quick, but there's no story. Yeah. There's no story. There's no, nope. but they provide both, right? They give me the quick game and they also give me the story mode, uh, which is fantastic. But ultimately uh, I need to think about where am I going? Switch is very tantalizing because of the whole, like, the whole taking it to the go. mobile too. Yeah. That's just such a clever, like the Wii they tried to kind of, I, I wonder, I kind of wonder how much of that was like a test, you know, because it had that, you had that screen you could use, but it wasn't yeah. really a mobile system. Yeah. You know, they were, I wonder if they were already eyeing, like, I wonder if we can merge the worlds of basically Game Boy and console, you know, and, and move forward. Cause the switch is just a very, it's like, you know, and again, it gives you that like, uh, you're going to travel. You're going to be on a train for a while, a plane for a while, doing something like that. You're going to be riding along for a while. Bring your Switch. And again, they've got these games that are just like, you can do as much or as little commitment. You could play Zelda Breath of the Wild and have a big open game to be involved in, or you could be playing Mario Party and play mini games to fill some time. And uh, and I will say, I do have an original Nintendo. I, still, <laughs> I do have one of That's those, dope. which is just my own personal thing. But actually, very quickly, both of us have the little handhelds Yes. <laughs> that we bought from Japan, right? 
Except in the that's in, coming on the plane with me. In the month difference that you and I bought them, you ended up with way more games and a better system than I ended up with, which is very annoying yeah, to it, me, by it, the way, because we literally bought them like two months number. apart. Yes. Yeah, you told me, and I was like, uh, let me go find that. I literally couldn't find the same one you had, and thought like, well, this one looks the same. Why does it have more more Not games? Sure. <laughs> but that has been so much fun though, because it's very much like I can turn it on pick a random like streets of rage and i and i play it you know a little you know just for 20 minutes or 10 minutes and uh, it's so nostalgic now again nostalgic right games that i played as a kid games that i played as a teenager for me that that little thing is so so cool i think the oldest game in my history i found on there was a game that i played on commodore 64 called impossible mission also on nintendo by the way uh yeah. yeah, and I remember playing that game on on the Commodore, and it, seeing it on that little handheld just like took me back to being a kid. Like I was like, "Oh my god, I remember this game." That's awesome. Yeah, no, that little that little thing, dude. Like I play I play Kung Fu. I play those those dumb little games. Now, the problem is, and again, oh, it annoys me because I look at all those games and like they have RBI, and I'm like, why don't they have bases loaded? You know, like that's the game I, I don't <laughs> want RBI. No, something RBI is great. Basis loaded is better, you know. Like yeah. those little things, like they have Link's Adventure, but they don't have Zelda. And I'm like, come on, guys! If you're gonna pirate, pirate right, damn it! Pirate, pirate the pirate the greats. <laughs> you know what I did do too? I did I did go to Alibaba and I ordered a uh, game cart, a Nintendo game cartridge that has a I bunch be- on it. Yeah, like 250 games, and nice. and it's not it's not the same. Look, it's not the same. I get it. Because of the cartridges, I'm being very selective about which Nintendo games I buy. But because I also am greedy, I'm like, I do want to play all these other games that I played, even though I don't want to own them. You know, but like, I think there's those goats, you know, like, I think every if you ever own a Nintendo, you have to own Super Mario 3. I mean, yeah, no, it, that's is, it is one the of pinnacle the pinnacle on NES. It is. It is one of the like between Zelda, Metroid and Super Nintendo uh, and uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. I mean, it is. It is one of the greatest video games I have ever played. I remember playing it then, and I and you know what's funny, when I when I got this console and I started playing it again in the last three years, I fucking remembered everything, dude. I was like, I know how to Where do the all these. Are. I know how to do all these damn. Tr- I was like, that's incredible, that I played this game so much Muscle as memory. a kid that I still remember every little thing about it now. That that's what like brings a little bit of joy to my heart, like the fact that. That I can play this game twenty five years later and be like, "Wow, I still remember all these tricks. I know the, I know how to do this. I know what he does with this and how to do this trick." Oh, it was so much. Like the, the I plugged it in, put it in there, and I, I think I spent two hours that I almost passed half the game. <laughs> uh, and I even ended up going like online and looking for some of the toys. I was like, "Oh, this is nostalgic. I want Toad. I want the oh, what was the name of the dude." There was that little mid-level guy that would show up, and it was just a quick fight, and it was a Hammer Bros, and it was a Hammer Bros, yeah, yeah, and he would just—they have that toy, dude. I was like, I want that toy. That Hammer Bros is fucking cool. Anyway, I remember my buddy had like one of the magazines or something that had some of the guide stuff in oh, it. Oh, the Nintendo You'd look, you know, because it would—they would, had the whole world mapped out. They would show you where everything was in the level on whatever world it was, you know, which things to go to. Look. I re I replayed Metroid and I replayed Zelda and I'm not gonna lie I went online 
and I had to look for those damn maps, dude. I don't know how the fuck anybody finished Zelda without that map back in the day or Metro. Yeah. Those maps well, are my insane. Buddy. My buddy got not that long ago into playing like Zelda. He got like it emulated on PC and like he I think he got a thing that like per, like scrambled it. It made it random randomize the map or something. He got like a it's a project to do like a randomized cuz I guess the game is like pretty well like, you know, it's been so long so everything's known. So people have made things that scramble it and ran, do a randomizer on it. So it like randomizes where things are okay, that, that, in the map that doesn't make and so his whole thing was like he was literally drawing by hand a map <laughs> as he went like he had like he showed me a picture of like he had a piece of paper where he was drawing where like as you went to each thing like this is the part here this is the part here because you know that was his nostalgic as a kid that's what you, you didn't have the the guide or whatever you had to make your own i'm telling you when i played it again dude i remember playing for i i remember watching a youtube video that said basically it was like watch this video and make the most out of your first 30 minutes playing Zelda. And dude, everything I did in 35 minutes would have taken me two months back in the day to do. I ended up with the great shield, the great sword, the great uh, boomerang, <laughs> everything like 10 hearts. And I was like, Oh my fucking God, I did this in half an hour. This took me two months when I was a kid. And when oh, this yeah. game came out, but I was like, Oh, this is amazing. But it was again, look, it was even though it was cheating, call it cheating, call it what you will, advantages. It still made the game even more fun to play again, though, because I still got lost. I still had trouble playing it. I still did all those things still happened, even with the cheat code of like knowing where I yep. needed to go. It was uh, no, but I'm telling you, replay Zelda, dude, for two hours. Replay Zelda for two hours with all the tricks already there, where you know where where you know where to go. That game makes you want to play for another eight hours. It's still a super, super fun game, dude. It is such a fun game. One of the interesting things, and I think that the developers, like from their perspective, and uh, it was more Mario specific, but like the their the amount of storytelling they did without words, oh, and it did translate right? across their games. Metroid was a great example. Mm -hmm. Like they they didn't just want to have a mechanically satisfying like they wanted to tell a story and they found ways to do that like they talk about the the in i, I forget which metroid but when the 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 metroid that you save like when you save the egg ribbon it saves your life like it jumps in front like uh, of uh, uh mother brain when it tries to shoot you mm -hmm. and like it's just a storytelling beat that they said actually like has it, it elicits to this day in people an emotional response not a word is said but there's this thing, this little like egg you saved, and the the, the Metroid like takes the hit for you when like, you're down on the first iteration of the fight, and they're like, you know, storytelling at its finest without a look, word being said. I'm telling you, the greatest moment in Metroid is when you finish the game and she takes off the helmet, and you're yeah, like, it's that's they talk about that decide like, like, wouldn't it be cool if it was a woman? Dude, that was a game changer. You talk about. <laughs> You talk about uh, Jennifer Lawrence creating the female um, action hero role. Yeah. <laughs> That's some respect on Samus. You know, like, you're like, no, no. Like, there's there's two female roles, okay? Well, there's three. There is Ripley from Aliens. There is Sarah Connor. And there is uh, Samus. Like, that's it. Like, those are... that 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 is the epitome of female action hero like to have played that game and been such a badass and then at the end they're just like oh right and you're a woman you're like oh and 
And didn't you have to get a particular ending for that? Yeah, too? I believe so. I believe because so. you had to beat it in whatever the time because there was different time gates for which ending you would get. Yeah, no, and you didn't necessarily get to see that unless you did pretty well. If for anybody who hasn't played it, spoiler alert. Sorry, we're late. spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I feel luck, if I feel nice, I'll when I'm doing the editing, I'll go back and put a spoiler alert at the beginning. <laughs> I can't. I mean, and who, maybe who not. This day doesn't hasn't played a game and seen. And maybe Santa's. not. Ah oh, man, this is <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted from this conversation. No planning, just yep. talking video games. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Remember, find us at Pop Culture Hangfire on your Instagram. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you next week for 1984. Not the novel, but the year. <laughs> Not the dystopia. <laughs> <laughs>